All that said, I want to give her a promotion. She is no longer an idiot. Now she's a useful idiot. Congratulations, sweet cheeks. Love the spanks. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I'm your host, the sassy and sexy Matt Jordan. Today we're going to take a look back just before Election Day. I'm bringing forward some treasures from my old WordPress days. Wow, what a week. Two things jumped out at me this week. The loony left, led by Chief Looney, Amy Klobuchar, and Native American, Elizabeth Powwow Warren, are pushing actual legislation to get social media platforms to continue to censor speech on behalf of the loony left. They say it is to fight, quote, misinformation, here defined as that which disagrees with, you got it, the loony left. They are now trying to codify what they first denied doing, then said was being done by social media companies on their own, then admitted they were suborning social media to do it for them. Back then they had quietly set up a thought police operation, which they then said was abandoned, which then continued to instruct tech firms regarding acceptable content. Now they are putting into law the new thought police operation. The bogus issue on which they are basing their actions is health information. That's just a smokescreen. And recalling RFK Jr.'s rules of politics, once these snakes get what they want, they will never give it up. And if the government can abuse a law, it absolutely will. This law, as with the last several years of censorship, will cover everything the thought police demand. Now here's why the left is coming out of the closet on years of lying to you about censorship. The Supreme Court, with Clarence Thomas, Samuel Leto, and Neil Gorsuch in dissent, just let the practices of the regime stand until a pair of state cases come up next year. I think the SCOTUS ruled with far too light a hand on this one. The arguments parsing terms like incentive and threats to get social media to throttle conservatives there were both, and they were substantial, smacked of the Chief Justice Roberts' pension for going into the history books as a co-president. It seems Kavanaugh and Barrett were either bitten by this bug or are trying to avoid confrontation to polish their images tarnished in their confirmation hearing. If that was the case, they failed. This decision is a statist delight. A win for the regime behind the puppet. What Klobuchar and Warren are trying to do is rush through a law which covers the issues in the complaints before the court now. When the hearings are held, it will no longer be an issue of whether the government can play 
touchy-feely of its own volition with big tech. It will be a matter that is now a law on the books that will completely eliminate the arguments of cases on the docket and new cases will have to be brought through the appeals process to rule on the new law's constitutionality. This is the plan of the regime, and last week SCOTUS teed it up for them. Very short-sighted and far too lawyerly in the bureaucratic sense of the word. This is another of those fascist things the left is doing that you must fight. If you don't fight it, then you will richly deserve every bad thing that will come from the lunacy. I left links for the details on the bill and details on the SCOTUS hearing from last week. Item 2. American Brown Shirts. Over the past few weeks, it has now become fully acceptable, hell, fashionable, especially on college campuses, to threaten, harass, and disparage Jews because they are Jews. The phony, quote, intellectuals behind all this are using the new war in the Middle East as their Hitlerian justification for all of their despicable activities. I single out the spoiled children at Stanford University for my sharpest criticism. Not only are they wallowing in this national anti-Semitic orgy, they have provided the school with a list of demands. I swear you can't make this shit up. Among their churlish wishes are, one, 24-7 grief counseling for students in light of events in Gaza. Kitties, as I said recently on such subjects, it's not happening to you. Get over yourselves. Number two, the university must condemn Israel and divest itself of all Israeli holdings. The dean should stick out his tongue and blow raspberries at the same time, I suppose. Number three, these hysterical idiots want students facing harassment to be provided attorneys at the university's expense. This is the odd one. They must be talking about the Jewish students who are most assuredly being verbally tormented and threatened because the Palestinian-slash-Arab students are specifically not being harassed. How funny it would be if anyone would explain to these children how the rest of the Arab world actually views Palestinians. There's more, and if you click the link in the text, you'll get to see it all in their own stupid words. They're doing it again. These morons, lefty socialists with their unions and committees, are following the example of the craziest socialist, Adolf Hitler. He headed the National Socialists in Germany pre-World War II. In Adolf's case, he needed a boogeyman to help propel him to power. So he used the Jews as a punching bag. These hopeless children in our universities are doing it to get attention and make themselves part of a narrative that affects them not at all. I would suggest that self-respecting donors, law firms, banks, and other corporations that normally hire or support brats from these places put a four-year moratorium on hiring grads from any of these colleges and freezing donations. 
If they allow this nonsense to take place, they are shitting out losers on our society. Let the losers drive for Uber or get paper routes. AOC gets a promotion. I have watched and laughed as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, named after a warmongering general and a genocidal explorer, pulls one idiotic stunt after another. Her rhetoric often leaves me empathetically embarrassed for her. But her green scam rally that got shouted down and her initial knee-jerk support for Hamas because orange men like Israel were especially fun to watch. In fairness, after people made fun of her, she walked back her public support for Hamas. Now she's quiet about it. All that said, I want to give her a promotion. She is no longer an idiot. Now she's a useful idiot. Congratulations, sweet cheeks. Love the Spanx. Now, think about what's been said so far. In case you didn't know it, there's an election coming next week. Many who do know have already voted. That's like buying a car before you have all the information you need, but so be it. Many of you will not vote this year because it's just a stupid little state or local election. It's not really cool, important national stuff we see on TV every four years. Those folks buy into this intellectually underdeveloped notion because they haven't been followers of the P4B long enough. If you've been with me for more than six months, you know that the people you will be voting for next Tuesday should be far more important to you than whatever schmuck wins that White House next year. For the newbies, the most important politician in your life should be your town council representative. The next would be your mayor, county supervisor, state reps, governor, and congressional delegation in that order. The least important official in your life would be the chief executive of the federal government. But because as a people we are ignorant of the constitution the founders blessed us with, we get the order backward. Get out next week. In the meantime, enjoy these tidbits I pulled forward about the federal political zoo we seem to be so infatuated with. A quick note. It is only with love in my heart that I beat you over the head with reality. Trust me. It hurts me more than it does you because I do it for free. But there is a way you can help me keep beating your friends and neighbors over the head. You can support the P4B directly because you're awesome. Click on the button you find in the text and help feed your esteemed author. And now for the main event. <laughs> Pretense of Ignorance, 2 November 2020. Before I launch into my critique of our political zoo and the rampant ignorance on display therein, let me just say this. Vote. Vote straight Republican. Yeah, I know. Your dad went to school with your Dem rep or senator. Or your uncle's boss's brother plays golf with him. 
or you met your rep and you are starstruck. He's the good one, not like all the others, right? Get over that. If your guy or gal is a dem, but you want to return to pre-COVID growth and an end to hyperbolic nonsense we've endured for the last two years, vote straight GOP. If Donald Trump wins and we don't keep the Senate and take back the House, that will indicate a majority of Trump voters are just as stupid as their Biden-supporting counterparts and split their ticket. Almost always a dumb move. Share this URL. Don't just sit there and nod, then go back to watching magic tricks and kittens on Facebook. Share this post. There's a button provided in the text. Pretending to be idiots. I've come to the conclusion that half of the country will be stupid on Election Day, or already have been in early voting. They know that the Democrats are the shrill, mean-spirited, power-hungry freaks conservatives say they are. But the TV and cool Hollywood people told them that orange man bad. Well, who wants to be left out of that cool crowd of self-righteous asshats, huh? In too many cases, kids have come home from college or even high school where they learn that being multicultural and militantly gay, as opposed to just being gay if you are, is more important than living your real life. By the truckload, parents of these little daisies will abandon a lifetime of real learning and adopt to the pre-adolescent garbage because the sun rises and sets on their particular little daisy. Pathetic. The upshot is that in order to maintain their cool kid cred, American adults will pretend that Biden's campaign actually means anything close to real. But on every issue except the Green New Deal and raising your taxes, Biden's entire campaign is plagiarized, not his first offense, from Trump. Biden will get COVID testing kits out faster. Testing went from zero to hundreds of thousands almost overnight seven months ago. The numbers have been growing exponentially ever since. Biden is lying to you. He has no idea how fast he can get the tests out, or even if he can maintain the pace the present administration has achieved. It doesn't matter. Stupid people will pretend it means something. He will bring back jobs and get things made in the USA. That has been the focus of Trump's previous campaign, this campaign, and by far the greatest achievement of his first term. How will Joe Duh create more jobs or bring more home? By taxing employers more? Explain how that works. Oh, that's right, you can't. You know it doesn't work that way. But ugh, we just hate Trump so much. Biden will improve trade. <laughs> Do I have to even address that? I hear to the point of nausea how mean Donald Trump is. Here are two truths. Trump is inarticulate and his most focused attacks are always counterpunches. And what is usually said about him to begin with is beyond cruel and often untrue. You know this. I know this. All the snowflakes know this. 
But still, adults pretend not to. They will feign utter stupidity so they can be popular with who? Other people pretending to be stupid? Or those who genuinely are stupid? Since the debates, Joe Duh has been repeating the hyperinflated death toll from COVID. He then says Trump has blood on his hands and that the deaths were Trump's fault. To all but the fully indoctrinated crybaby in this hemisphere, these remarks are by far the most disgusting muck ever hurled in a political campaign. What a lowlife. And the remarks have no foundation in truth. This from the guy who was still accusing Trump of hyping the virus for political purposes as late as March of 2020. Even the wretch Pelosi was up to speed by that time. For the record, the Trump administration was already negotiating contracts for the production of antibodies in mid-January, in anticipation of learning enough about the virus to then create the antibodies. The Trump-obsessed crybabies know this. They lived through it. They saw all this unfold at the same time as the rest of us did. But they lack fortitude and character. So they continued to pretend. Orwell was right, but we didn't even need to torture people to see them follow stupidly with religious fervor. The television only needs vapid, cool people to tell the rubes what to think in empty and very snarky language. To the Biden voter, you know all this, but you want so badly to be the cool kid. Meanwhile, the other, quote, cool kids are scut-mouthing Trump and applauding Biden's egregious and vile attacks because they are worried that you won't think they're cool. It's a childish circle of nonsense. All that said, did you know that last week one of the trendiest searches on Google was how do I change my vote? Huge numbers of people who voted for Joe Duh are now regretting it. At least these people seem to have come around to reason, albeit too late in some states. But yes, in at least three states, you can change your vote. I hope you do. And for the utterly blind, very few Trump voters are about to change their vote, especially seeing Trump outperform Joe Duh by 100 to 1 this week. And... As I mentioned earlier, you need a Congress that isn't going to sit on its hands and obstruct Trump. To put it another way, Trump is going to continue to simply get out of the way of economic growth. We need a Congress who will stand aside with him and enact laws that allow for it. I watched a silly cow on TV saying she didn't care about the Senate. It's all about the President now. That thinking is what has plagued our society since FDR. In the text, you'll find a link to my book. In it, I try to explain why this is such a problem and how to fix it. Final thought. A vote for the Dems is a vote for rioting, looting, assault, brown shirt intimidation, and obsession with race. The party has tacitly or actively endorsed all of that. Get out and vote. Vote straight GOP. A quick reminder, the Army-Navy game is getting close. I will leave a link and some illustrations in the text.
so you can grab some Army Navy gear. Also, be sure to join the super brilliant subscribers that never miss an episode of the P4B. Enjoy the politics, economics, sports, and nutbaggery we provide every week, sometimes more often than that. It's free. Push the super brilliant people button. And now the second post I'm pulling forward from the old days. Don't be a political pansy on election day. 4 November 2018. The tagline I use to promote my book is don't be a political pansy. That is tongue-in-cheek advertising and as much a joke as it is a challenge. But there really is a breed of political pansy out there. I normally serve up red meat on this site. There is so much we can devour. And I am serving plenty of it elsewhere. But right now, I'm talking to everyone. I may be preaching to the choir, though. It is likely that the people this is directed at won't see it because, well, they are the people it is directed at, political pansies. They usually run from my stuff. Who are these pansies? These are people on both sides of the political spectrum who harp endlessly on how screwed up everything is. They call names on Facebook and sit in the break room at work, looking down their noses at politicians and the people that vote. But in reality, they are too lazy and insecure to actually go out and make their own noise in a way that is constructive. These pansies have a laundry list of reasons to not fulfill their civic duty and vote. But my favorite is, why bother? It never changed. They're all the same. These pansies already know the answer to their own question. Things remain the same because too many people say, why bother? It never changes. By being that guy, you hand the worst of our politicians the advantage of incumbency and the comfort of knowing that not enough of the electorate is awake enough to impact their political ambitions. You have to trust me on this. If the political class woke up Wednesday morning to find out 90% of the population voted, the results would be wildly out of sync with what the talking heads are saying now. They would piss their pants. And rightly so. It would mean that they would have to start performing. They would have to shit-can their poll-tested garbage and really try to make a difference. They would realize that all the special interest cronyism won't protect them from us. And damn, look how easy they've made voting. You can vote online, vote mail-in, used to be called absentee, and you can vote early. I have made my concrete concerns with these stupid ideas known in my book. There's a link. Despite those misgivings, how much easier do you need it to be before you participate and drop the phony self-importance about how the man will keep you down no matter what crap. How it ought to be. I was talking to my buddy Bob D. on Facebook the other day. We were in a disagreement about a particular get-out-the-vote campaign. But on one point, I don't believe there was a spark of light between us. I said that Election Day should be a bank holiday. Forget early voting, online, or mail-in garbage. Only real cases should vote absentee. On election day, we should all gather and celebrate the day and the franchise, win or lose. Voting is at least as important as the 4th of July. 
It's way more important than Labor Day. There should be election day parties after the polls close. No one allowed in without an updated I Voted sticker. These parties should not be mandated by law, of course, but it would be an original party theme. On this day, even as the returns are still being counted, we are all one again. We all did our civic thing and now are enjoying just being Americans. Tomorrow it starts all over again, but today, no rancor or discord would be of any use to anyone. Pass the beer and the brats. But what am I saying? No one will ever do that. It'll never change, right? To this I would respond with a slightly non-contextual quote from Ken Olson, founder of Digital Equipment Corporation in 1977. There is no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. That's a quote. At the time, that was the prevailing wisdom. It would last less than five years. It all can change. It's a question of how big the market is for change. Of course, we would need a center of influence, bigger than my brilliant self, to make Election Day a holiday. And what the hell, it would give Hallmark a reason to jack us up for a whole new set of greetings cards. Don't be a political pansy. Read street politics that ain't your daddy's GOP anymore. Grab a copy at the link. Let's demand good governance. Now, if you're really smart and you follow the text to the fine print, you'll find out that you can scroll back several months to find I've serialized the whole book here on the Political Party Pooper Playbook. I do a chapter or two every few weeks. Please do share the Political Party Playbook. And to get every episode of my brilliance delivered to you, use the subscription button. It's free. If I could pay you to do it, I would. And feel free to forward my emails to any right-wing reactionary conservative you may happen to love. Or to a liberal just to piss them off. Finally, I don't want to upset you, but Christmas is coming around again. Get ahead of the power curve and click on the button at the very bottom of the text. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.